Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey church, how are you? How are you going with all the COVID and vaccine discussion? I know it's getting a little bit heated. You know, in Philippians 4 it says this, Be anxious for nothing, for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. I think it's really important in this season to remind yourself constantly that God wants you to be anxious for nothing. So how are you going in the anxiety department? And I want to tell you this, that you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay tomorrow next week, next month, next year. You and God are going to be okay. I am going to be okay. My family is going to be okay. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are going to be okay. And remind yourself of that because God's got this and he's got you. All right. We have been doing a series on human flourishing. We've been talking about the things that help people flourish. We've been talking about spiritual health, emotional health, and relational health. Today we are talking about a sense of purpose. Do you know that most people sometime in their life, and I think probably especially in this season, lie their head down on the pillow and think, what does it all mean? There's got to be more to life than this. You are not an accident. Your parents might not have planned you, but God planned you. You were not an accident to God, and you matter to God. In fact, you matter to this universe. You matter to history, and you matter to the time that you were born in. Rick Warren says that there's three types of, way, types of ways, that ways that people live. They live, for, um, they live for success. They live for survival or they live for significance. You know, status and money and material things don't give us significance. What gives us significance is giving our life away in service to other, others. It is stewarding the things that God has given you to serve others. In Ephesians 2:10, it says this, We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will, will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before you were born, God planned in advance your destiny and the good works you would do to fulfill it. That is a great scripture. And you know, today we are going to, I'm going to interview two great people who I have watched over many years and they live with a sense of purpose. They have different purposes, different experiences, different personalities, different gifts, but they both live with intentional purpose. So we're looking forward to that. Keep your hearts open and let's get ready. Well, I'm going to introduce you all to Peter. How are you, Peter? G'day, Roz. Going good, thanks. I've got a little intro for you, a little blurb. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, to know Peter Massey is a privilege, softly spoken, yet speaks up well. I think you'd make a great school principal, Pete. Firm, but gentle. He's wise, he has a sound mind, honours all people well, and husband to Christine, which I think could be a challenge sometimes. Never. I mean, she's beautiful. <laughs> Dad and granddad, and he's a regular at our 8am. Yeah, lucky me. That's yeah. great. 
blessed. Are you missing the 8 a.m. peak? Uh, well, we're still up at 8 a.m. and dialing in, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'd love to share it with lots of people and we hope to get back to it one day mm. soon. Well, you, you can see yourself out there. You'll be watching yourself at the 8 a.m. this morning. Yeah, that's it. Mm. That'll be good. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us and uh, looking forward to this interview. Let me ask you the first question. Sure. If you could have any job in the world, what would it be and yeah. why? That's a, that's a funny question. I think lots of people would think, oh, I don't know, we'd like to be, you know, a head of Apple or, you know, an international pilot or a captain of a cruise ship or, you know, run a resort. None of that actually interests me too much. It, I think the best job in the world is probably the one I'm doing. And um, Right answer. Oh. Ticked. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, although at sometimes I think... I'd like to be back in the communities where I worked and just sharing life with families who are struggling. And then other times I think, oh, I'd like to be a professor of nursing and supporting stars as they, uh, they gather some skills and make a difference in the world. And then I just circle back to my own job because I can do those things already in my job and I, and I love it. So I'll stick with that rather than the cruise ship captain. Thanks. <laughs> um. Tell us what you do, what you love about your work, and what is the challenge? And I think a photo is going to come up. Yeah, sure. That's a picture of me in my office. So I'm a nurse who works in an office. That's my office there. And um, I'm a clinical nurse consultant in public health. So I, I lead a team of uh, other nurses and epidemiologists and, and co-lead with the doctors. And we work together to reduce the risks of communicable disease outbreaks in our community, providing advice to hospitals and doctors about managing cases and contacts so we can get a little bit less risk. And some of that work, of course, involves contact tracing. Who would have thought? So um, something I've been doing for about 30 years, but apparently it's, a, it's on the top of the pops at the moment of contact tracing. So it's good to be known, uh, but um, it's great work. I've been doing it for a long time. And what I really love about it, it gives me opportunities to uh, bring some of God into our work and, I, and with that I love particularly supporting Aboriginal people and women to have more of a say around disease control but more of a say around health and, and I'm able to do that and I work with a great team to be able to um, reduce the risk of disease in our community and in the Pacific where I work. So has it been more stressful this last year and a half? It's been crazy, yeah, that's right. This is the biggest thing in humanity for many, many years, isn't it? Probably a century or more. And it's um, a big thing that we've been planning for, but not to this extent. So it's much bigger than we had thought it was going to be. And the, my biggest concern in it is that the people who are impacted the most have the least say in, in, in our world. And um, we see that overseas and we see it playing out here in, in our district and in, in New South Wales. That really concerns me and, and um, drives me each day to, to, to do what we can to suppress this and to bring protection to people so we can get on with a better life. It'll never be the old life, but a, but a better life in the future than we've got now. On behalf of our church, I want to say thank you for everything you're doing, for protecting us and um, for loving those that, um, especially that's a really tough season for them, for the vulnerable. And one other question, do you think I'll be able to go to a musical in December? Definitely December 22. Great. <laughs> Mark's there. Um, That's what I want for Christmas. 
Not, <laughs> probably not December 21. Although I think Mark's pretty good at music, isn't he? Maybe he'll put on a concert and you could go to and sing and you, you could uh, go to a home-based musical, might do it. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would go, but um, I'm glad that you're so positive. All right. Um, what is one thing you struggled with in your early years at work that you have had to overcome? Sure, yes. Uh, one of the things, and maybe it's shared with other people with it, is feeling inadequate. I think all of us feel like imposters in life, really. Yeah. But um, definitely feel inadequate at my work initially. Um, and I probably still do feel inadequate, but I've just come to live with that and recognise that with the team that... Together, we're more than capable. I'm not capable just by myself. And it's a bit like us in church, I think, as well, is that God's made us to rely on him and, and each other and that together, God and us, we can be more than capable. And I found that in my work as well. And it's the importance of relying on others as well as on me supporting others. And together, uh, you, know, you get past that feeling of inadequacy. Yeah, it's very important to... I think we all do... Feel a bit inadequate. Most of us feel like we're winging it most of our lives, but um, I think it's really important to get through it. What strengths do you bring to your team and what weaknesses do you have? Sure. I think some of the strengths is after a lot of years in the job, about 30 of them, I know, I know a bunch of stuff and I know a lot of people and that helps. Yes. And a lot of the people I know know a lot more than me, so that's good to have good networks with that. In addition to that, I think there's also that I try to bring a, a sort of a quiet, quiet resilience to, to our work and um, determination to reduce inequities. It would be easy in our work or any health workers just to go about whatever's in front of you. Uh, whereas I try to, we do that, but also try to focus on what more can we do for, with the people who need the hand the most. So we try to go that extra mile and... Um, so that's a strength, I think. But in weaknesses, it actually fits with this conversation today about purposes. When I have to work outside of my purpose, I find it really tough. So particularly having difficult conversations with staff members who aren't uh, performing and need to be performance managed. So other people are very gifted in that. I am not. And I find that really difficult to do. I have to do it sometimes. And uh, just a few times over the years. And I really dislike that. It's one of my weaknesses. And, um, and I've you know, had to go get some extra education and training. It still doesn't feel right when I have to do it because it's, you know, it's just not me. I still think you'd be good at it. Remember my intro? You'd be a good principal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Fir firm but fair. Um, so can I ask you about purpose, the sense of purpose? Have you always, like, did you know that you were going to have this purpose in life? Um, when did you sense God calling you to this vocation? How did it unfold and what did it look like for you? Sure, just when uh, I was in the latter years of high school uh, in Sydney, it was the, just dawned on me over a few weeks at that uh, needed or was made to be a nurse and uh, it was based on that loving God and wanting to serve him and loving people and being, wanting to help people and loving science and then the combination just dawned on me one day that, that that's nursing and, and so I just went from it from there. I went to a boys high school 
probably the first nurse to come out of the boys' <laughs> high school there. Yeah, you're about the same age as me, so I think you probably were. <laughs> yeah. and, um, although the funny thing is when I started in nursing, all, I was getting a lot of ribbing at school about the idea of being a nurse. But when I started in nursing and there's me and 100 girls made up the group. Oh, the, the, heaven. The boys, who are still my friends, <laughs> thought that, that, was, that I was a bit smarter than they had given me credit for. Mm. Can I ask you, so I'm going off, I'm going off, putting our notes down for a minute, because um, I know there's times, yeah, God guides us into our vocation, our sense of purpose, but there's times mm. when we get really discouraged and disappointed and it doesn't work out like we thought it would. What, what are the things that help you stick in there and hang in there when it gets like that? Sure, a couple of things that really drive me to help in those situations is... Um, just trying to see people in the world through God's eyes. And so that having Very time good. with families who are struggling with health and life and who are at most at risk from disease and struggle with access to health services, spending time with pe people uh, helps to reinforce that, that all of us are valuable in God's eyes and, and not just the ones who are calling the shots. And so that, that really helps. And that can be reinforced with um, watching a movie like Amazing Grace that was tackling slavery. You know, we've got more people in slavery today than ever. But yeah. that, just that, that energy in, in that helps to, as well. And for me as well, just dwelling on Micah 6.8, which has come up to me as a really important part of my, my life, where in Micah 6.8, it says that what... what what God requires of us is to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. And doing all of those things with God, doing justice with God, doing loving mercy with God, and walking humbly. And I, uh, I live with that verse, and um, and it's become part of that way of when I'm getting discouraged with uh, the way the world's going, and health's going, and pandemics are going, is a way of, of keeping going. And, um, and that resilience that God's been able to give me through that has helped a lot. Thanks, Peter. We're out of time, but I just want to ask you one question. And I didn't give him any pre-warning on this question. Mm. If you had to sum up in one sentence or a couple of sentences the thing that God's put in you and your purpose and the difference you make, you feel that you bring to the earth, what would it be? Sure, I think that's actually changed over time. Yes, I think it does. Yeah, for now, I feel like God's um, calling me to continue in, the, in this work, continue speaking for justice and to build the next generation of justice seekers. So that, um, uh, and I think that's what God's saying to me for the next 10, 20 years or whatever, he wants me to continue to work in this space, is to training and supporting and, mentoring people to be the justice seekers of, uh, who, to follow on from me and um, in disease control but each part, part of life so yeah, I think that, that's where, where it's at at the moment and for me about the purpose stuff is it sort of just feels right yeah. like other times I'm doing things and it just you know it's just out of my comfort zone if you ask me to build something fix something I'm going to really struggle you didn't go in our lockdown legends, <laughs> building a project. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Ask me to advocate for justice, support families, 
thing about disease control and stuff like you know that's just me i've got it how brilliant is that and mm. for such a time as this mm. yeah and i just want to really thank you for pushing through and um and having a voice for the vulnerable the scripture actually says speak up for those who are vulnerable mm. so thank you Pin. and i've really enjoyed getting to know you and and hearing your story and i believe god's got so much more and many more opportunities so thank you thanks Rose. cheers well that was great hearing from peter and my next guest is Jill Milton and I have a little intro for you too Jill. Ooh, how exciting. Do you know that the first time I met you I was a little scared. You're a little bit scary. You're really well balanced. You're a good thinker. You don't say stupid things unlike me. You process really well and you're deep. You speak the truth in love brilliantly and you're creative and I realise that creative people who are good thinkers are a little bit scary. So I always try and be a bit mature in front of you. Has it worked? Um, I, I don't know why you're intimidated by me. That's just crazy. My first because you're creative and you're a thinker. Well, I'm a feeler. I'm a feeler who's not creative. Oh, well, I think you're extremely creative and you're a great singer. You're sucking up now. <laughs> All right. So anyway, it's wonderful having you with us, Jill. Thanks, Rose. And the question, first question I want to ask you is, if you could have any job in the world, what would it be and why? Well, I actually struggled with this one because I dabble in so many creative things that I actually thought, can I have five? One for every yes. day? All right, yes. awesome. You could have 20. <laughs> so my first one would be that I would love to do um, window displays in shops. I just think that would be awesome. Wow. Um, I would also like to design fabric to upholster furniture. I think that would be really cool. Um, I've always wanted to, I've got a big love of New York and I've always wanted to New work York. in some event company doing some crazy big over the top event in New York City. So I'd love to do that. Um, my long term dream, this is probably the only practical one of my, my jobs, would be to be a studio painter. I'd love to have a little studio and be an artist. That's my long term. I might retire doing that. And my other one is my love of Christmas. I've always wanted to do a Christmas display in a shopping centre. So well, you see how pick any one of those. I would never pick any of those. They're not <laughs> on my list. Um, okay, tell us what you do, what you love about your work, and what is the challenge. And a photo will come up. Um, so my trade is a graphic designer, but my current job I work for the church which means I take on a whole lot of other roles as well, which I love. Um, so I do the advertising of events, um, the social media posts. We do, I do videos. Um, I edit church online and I film church online. Um, I work with Mindy and Jess as the creative core team where we um, plan the creative... What are they both really like? They're, they're even better in... Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're crazy good. I love them. Um, but we plan all the creative elements of a service. So we think of ways to engage people differently every week. And um, yeah, so, and, and, and my role as an art director is to look at the look and feel of, a, of everything that we produce and make sure that it lines up with who we are and the way we want to speak to people and all of that. All of that stuff, yeah. I always ask Jill, can you make my hair look good? You haven't been able to make that one work <laughs> I yet, tried. Jill. All right. Um, do you want me to go through um, what I love? Yes, yes. yes and yes. your challenge. We need to hear yes. a challenge. Oh, so, um, 
I love working, problem with solving. Me. Yes, with you. <laughs> I love creating, I mean, problem solving, creative things. So coming up with different ways to do things. That really gets me, um, gets me going. Um, I also find it good that I get to use my spiritual, um, one of my spiritual giftings is prophecy and I really find it works well. I often get things from you or from Mindy and I find I get to um, hear from God and God often gives me pictures so I get to use, use that part of my gifting which is great. Um, so the challenges, there's kind of two, two different challenges. There's a challenge of what the job brings, so that's kind of like your job description, which the challenge for me in that is constantly coming up with creativeness can be really exhausting. Um, so I find that really difficult. But the other thing is the challenge of the workplace, which you wouldn't think there would be any challenges I in know, a workplace. Because we're, we're Christians, we're a church, <laughs> we just love one another, the we're humble. That, the thing that actually challenges me about working at the church is the constant feeling like I don't measure up spiritually because I'm full of pastors and there's, you know, so many people that know theology and and that to me is not, doesn't come naturally. So I'm constantly battling, you know. It's and Donna and Ivan. They're so spiritual. <laughs> we all feel inadequate. And then it's and then it's coming up with, um, you know when you get asked to lead a devotional in a staff meeting and that is so not my natural and it's not something I've ever done in previous jobs. No one else has asked me to lead prayer meetings. So, um, yeah, so that's probably the biggest challenge. But, um, yeah, I'm learning to listen to the right voice in, in all of that. Well, we, we love who you are. And can I ask you, go back to the prophetic thing. Yes. How, when did you first realise that that was a prophetic gift? R- rather than just I've got a picture in my head, no, realising well, it was God giving It's it interesting to you. because Mark was the first person that said it when oftentimes he would give me something and I was able to interpret that with a visual image. But it's interesting. I had an old boss who he, I worked with him for 10 years and he always said to me, um, you just have a way of pulling out whatever's in my mind and putting it on paper or putting it into, into you know, an image. He says, you just have this ability to do it. And it never thought anything of it, but... I think that's part of my gifting is I'm able to very easily see what someone and turn it into, yeah, a graphic. Get a God thing. Do you believe that God has called you into this vocation and what did that look like for you? Like what did the road map, that's a good word for this season, (laughs) Um, look for you? I do now believe I'm called into it. I didn't for years. I just thought it was a job. Um, the way I moved into the calling, it was initially I just started being, you know, chose graphic design because um, my dad told me to and it was something, you know, mm. trust your father. Um, but I think it wasn't until probably five years ago when I stepped out and started going, okay, how do I use my gifting and and just started going, what do you want me to do, God, that I think it opened up and he just kept throwing opportunities at me and I think now it's feels so natural to be doing what I do it's definitely a calling now mm. how important is purpose or a sense of purpose for you waking up every morning knowing there's a sense well, of purpose yeah extremely important I'm I'm a melancholic overthinker <laughs> and so one of the I'm a big big question thinker so I will always be saying what's the point of this why are we doing this I, I don't often do things just out of spontaneity mm. or I often I have to know why I'm doing something otherwise thinker yeah, <laughs> it's, it's sometimes very exhausting and I'm sorry to Corey who hears all my Mark overthinking. Fair, Mark fair. Um, but I think it's what, I, 
purpose, I think, is what gives you, um, you can sustain the longevity of doing something. I think if you know why you're doing it, you keep getting up, you keep doing it. And I think without that, I just think it's very difficult to keep doing something that means nothing. Yeah, yeah. Great answer. Um, what are some practical ways you can turn your work into worship for God? Yeah, um, I, there's, there's scripture here. I've got um, Proverbs 3.9 says, Honour the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. And to me, worship is um, my choice to sacrifice me, who I am, and honour him with it. So the ways that I see this is... Um, very early on in my career, there was this big push in the creative thing to not do anything for free because favours don't pay bills. So I was always hesitant to use my gifting. And I actually think that using what God has given you and not as a serving thing, it, that's purely worship for me. And then I think the other things practically day to day that um, I choose is it's all of the choices that I sacrifice who I am. So it's me not putting my agenda forward. Um, it's me choosing integrity when it's really easy, then you don't want to do something. It's um, being respectful when you, you know, you have those people that just grind on you, but it's being... Sorry, Jill. No, it's choosing respect. So I think it's all of the things that you choose to not be who you, who you are, but who God calls you to be. I think that's the worship for me. Brilliant, brilliant yeah. answer. Um, what is one thing you've struggled with in your early years at your, at your work that you had to overcome? I think the enemy tries to take each one of us out of our purpose. And so there's one thing usually we've had to overcome yeah. to stay on the path. What was it's that interesting because it was very similar to um, what Pete said. Um, I always was the middle of the road. I was I was good. I got good marks, but I didn't get brilliant marks. I got... You know, I could do the work, I could do it quickly, but I, I never, you know, won over the big award or never got the promotion. I, You know, I sh showed up to work on time. I did all the right things in my job and and um, did all the right things but never had the flashy skills. So I just started to believe that I was ordinary and that ordinary turned into worthless and I really struggled with separating... Or who, who, what I did um, and who I was. So I just, the value of who I became just got less and less and less over time. And it wasn't until many years of therapy and just um, speaking God's truth back over who I am that I was able to separate the two. And now I think I overcome, I've overcome that to worry about what I produce now. I just produce to the best of my ability and then I leave it in God's hands. And he does with it what he wants. So it was a bit of a path to, yeah, separating, separating the who and the what you do. Mm. And now, I, yeah, I, I think I'm finally getting there. <laughs> I have moments of it, but... Yeah. Now, put in the chat, don't you think Jill should talk a little bit more at church? We want to hear more from you. Hey, I just <laughs> want to say, Jill, I really love you. And it's such a privilege working with you. And you're... Devotions, we all love your devotions because they're different. And, um, yeah, I just want to thank you for everything you do for church and for representing them so beautifully. Oh, thanks, Roz. I honestly feel privileged to do it. I do. You know, I, there's a great story in the Old Testament 
God comes to Moses and Moses is in the desert and God says to Moses, he asks him this one question, what's in your hand? And you know, when God asks a question, he usually knows the answer, but he's asking us so that we can figure out what the answer is. And Moses says, a staff. And then God says to him, throw the staff down. So Moses throws the staff down, turns into a snake, and God says, pick it up again. And uh, so Moses picks it up again. And, you know, that staff represented so much about Moses. It represented his identity because he was a shepherd. It represented his asset, what helped make money for him. And it represented his influence because he influenced those little sheep. And one of the greatest questions you can ever ask yourself is what is in my hand? What is in your hand, church? And I want to really challenge you this morning, whatever is in your hand, your influence, your identity, your assets, God wants you to give them to him. That's what Moses did. Moses laid it down, laid his staff down and gave it to God. And I'm going to say a prayer in a minute. And your life is really important. And I want this moment to be really important to you. So I want you to open your heart as I pray. And let's take whatever's in a hand. And it might seem so average. I mean, what's a staff? What's a shepherd's staff? But what God was able to do with Moses' shepherd's staff changed a whole nation. So let's pray. Father, you ask each one of, that question, each one of us that question. What is in your hand? What is in your hand, Ros? What is in your hand? Father, whatever is in our hand, our influence, our identity, our assets, we lay them down and we give them to you. Help us to steward them. Help us to use those things to serve humanity. Help us to give our lives away with a sense of purpose. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want to finish also and give anyone an opportunity who has never asked Christ into our life. We haven't really talked a lot about becoming a Christian. But becoming a Christian is inviting Christ into your life and he gives you a sense of purpose because he's the one that made you. He's the one that has wired you for purpose. And so many people live with a sense of emptiness and God doesn't want you to live with a sense of emptiness. He wants to come in and give you a sense of purpose. So if you would like to pray this prayer with me today, I want you to follow along in your heart while I pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you as I am, and I ask you into my life. I want my life to count, Lord Jesus. I don't want to be empty. I want to have you in my life. I want you to walk with me and be my friend and show me what my purpose is. So, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for every stuff up and every mess I've done. I know that I can come to you and it's a clean sheet of paper. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer today, there's a text, there's a phone number coming up on the screen. Why don't you text the word? I'd love you to text the word New Start to that number and we will be in contact with you and we'll be able to send you some material so you can get to know Jesus and get to know um, the community of faith that that is us and that we would love to walk alongside with you. Thank you, church. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit mccroylifechurch.com.au.